What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. We are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, I saw you over there mouthing the intro. How you feeling this <laughs> Sunday, brother? Uh, rainy Sunday, a little bit of bad weather. Hopefully, uh, everybody stays safe. But yeah, feeling good. We have, we, we're here. We the football season has quote unquote officially come to an end. We know who's playing in the national championship, and uh, yes, yeah, uh, I think we only have one more bowl game left too. We do. There's literally tornado sirens going off in the distance right now. Yep. So you know, hopefully, we don't get blown away while we're recording this podcast. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, a fantastic week of football. I mean, just I, I think there was something around just this week alone, 25 football games somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching every one of them. Sometimes I was at work watching them. I talked about that last week on the podcast. Just, you know, an excellent uh, an excellent season. Yeah, one more game, LSU-Kansas State. We don't want to overlook that. But uh, we now know who our final two teams are. We know, yep. who, we know who's in. Who's in. Which is the big, you know, that's kind yep. of their big thing there is the, who's in. Bro. The rematch part. 47, I don't know how many times. It is. You know, all you know, you look at the great sequels of our time, you know. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, Back to the Future, yep. Spider-Man 2, yep. Iron Man 2. That's a joke. Yep. Um, can you think of any great se- – you like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 better than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I did. I did. It was yeah. actually very That's good. Proof, I enjoyed it. That is proof right there that people are allowed to be wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I thought it was funnier. So Awful take. There we go. I'm just kidding. Hey, to yeah. each his own, all film is subjective. I, I don't think we can call this a great sequel – Yet, yes, I that feel is like true. for sequels, something has to change every now and then. That is true. I definitely think, and just kind of obviously, this is pretty much what's going to dominate the conversation. I do think that I, I can get the anguish of a college football fan of being like, oh, two SEC teams in again. We've literally seen Bama and Georgia play, but let's call a spade a spade here. Bama and Georgia, aside from maybe the SEC title game four weeks ago, yeah. it's always fireworks. Oh, yeah. And I'll yeah, even yeah. throw down, and I think Bama fans, I think a lot of fans will agree, that 2017 National Championship, 2018, depending on who you are talking about it, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the it's one of the greatest games in the last decade. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, overtime, missed field goals, yeah. you know, obviously second and 26 yep. walking it off i mean this is great storylines there oh yeah even i mean even 2018 uh sec championship fantastic the, the, football the rematch game. yeah fantastic. comes down to the wire. the wire um i for everybody saying that i'm tired of this tell your teams to recruit better coach better whatever you want to say Ain't but that the truth but I, I do think this one sets up to be another I, I don't think this is another repeat of this sec championship i think it's a slugfest down to the wire one team wins by a touchdown, maybe. I mean, I, I think that's what we're setting up for. Yeah, I think so. I was talking to a buddy last night, good good friend of the show. We talk about him a lot, John Nathan. He's my resident Alabama fan that I can go to and get some honest, good takes. Uh, I said, I think this is the first time in a while where if you 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 take your head out of the sand and, and block out all of your biasness to your particular team, I truly feel like we have the two best teams playing in the national oh, title sure. game. Sure. Like you look at everybody who would who you would your your common people, whether it's Clemson, Ohio State, uh, name anybody from the Pac-12, Oklahoma, and, and then obviously Michigan and Cincinnati who had a great season yep. and cream rises to the top. And now you got two fantastic teams in there yep. that are going to play for a national Absolutely. title. I agree. Speaking of uh of playoff games, 
Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. We are going to start here. We normally start here at all times. This is our Bash Brothers Week in Review. We are going to run down seven ball games in particular. Some we'll spend a little more time on than others. And uh, we got to start. Yep. 3.30 in Texas. Yep. Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. The uh, Alabama Crimson Tide lines up against your fourth-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. Yep. Uh, final score comes out to be 27-6. to six. Yep. Uh, Alabama literally beat them on the first drive of the football game. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you see? What are your thoughts, As, feelings, predictions? I mean, it comes down to Alabama outcoached them, Alabama outrecruited them, and Alabama out-experienced them. Um, I think this comes down to a lot of ways. Uh, I, I think that the narrative going in, Cincinnati has two NFL-caliber corners, great corners, great guys. Nick Saban switched his game plan up away from his – Heisman quarterback who throws it all over the yard, and they ran the ball down their throats. Um, Brian Robinson Jr. had himself a day. He ran 26 carries, 204 yards. Absolutely bullied that Cincinnati front seven, which I think where recruiting comes in. They just weren't deep. when You knew you knew when this game got late in the game, too, it was going to very much benefit Alabama. So props for Nick Saban for just making that switch and, and doing it. Um, I mean, in all honesty, Cincinnati's front seven, though, did great in the pass rush. They, they um, pressured Bryce Young a lot. We saw a pretty bad interception, which is very uncommon for the kid. I mean, Bryce Young is normally nailing the head every game. But, yeah, props to them for that. Um, and on the other side of the ball, Desmond Ritter batted four times um, against Alabama. The other time we saw this happen, last year's Georgia game, Stetson Bennett, and Desmond Ritter's five, five inches, six inches taller than Stetson Bennett, so I think that says a lot. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati just couldn't get anything going. Alabama played phenomenal on offense. Cincinnati did let the lights get bright. We saw several, several, several very bad drops by wide receivers. Just very uncharacteristic. But like you said, cream rises to the top. Alabama, all those, all those athletes, all that experience in the playoffs came to pay off, and they won big in Texas. They did. They did. Um, I'm right there with you. You know, the the Travis Kelsey tweet kind of goes viral. About, mm-hmm. you know, he's obviously a Cincinnati. Uh, he played at Cincinnati. Cincinnati yep. runs in his blood. Uh, I get it. But he said Bama really did nothing impressive tonight. I would have to go completely disagree on that. Alabama impressed me literally from the first drive of the game. Everybody knows uh, Cincinnati. The, the matchup of this game was going to be the Cincinnati secondary versus that wide receiving core and – you know, one of the more prolific passers in Alabama football history. Literally owns the record, Heisman winner, Bryce Young. And Coach Nick Saban said, yeah, let's just not do that. Let's yeah. just not do that. Yep. And you, you said it, outcoached them. You come out, I believe it was a 10-play drive, and your first nine plays are running plays to Brian Robinson, who just had one heck of a game. Screwed up at the very end. We'll mention that a little bit later. But just an absolute dominant performance against a Clemson defensive line and front seven, if you want to call it the whole whole way, that honestly is good, yep. right? You cannot overlook what Cincinnati has done this season. Number one, they're the only undefeated team in college football. I don't care if you line up and play a high school football team. That is difficult to do 13 straight times. Yep. And they played some good opponents. Like, bro, I mean – you look at Navy, you look at Notre Dame, you look at, you know, they played good teams. Houston, who we saw beat an SEC team, the same SEC team who took Alabama to four overtimes. You yep. see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 
um, which that's a bowl game, so take that what you will. So I don't like the narrative that Cincinnati didn't belong. If you don't think Cincinnati deserved that spot, if you didn't think that – if you think that the reason that score final was what it was is because Cincinnati just wasn't good enough, all this stuff – you're missing it. Cincinnati is a fantastic football team. They played they played competitive against Alabama. It's an 11-point game in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of teams who, if you've promised them an 11-point deficit in the fourth quarter against Alabama, oh, yeah. they'd probably take that right 100%. now. You know what I'm saying? That's a good competitive matchup. You just ran up into a team who has the greatest head coach of all time, who out-schemed you, who does have better recruits, even though Notre Dame had much better recruits than Cincinnati does as well, and Cincinnati whooped the fool out of them in front of touchdown Jesus. You just ran up into the measuring stick of college football. You ran up into a coach. He's he's. I'm going to go ahead and say he's in the middle of his dynasty because you don't look like he's slowing down anytime yeah. soon. This is his worst team of all time, if you ask me, besides maybe his first year. And he has only lost one ball game on a last-second field goal and he's playing for another natty. Yep. So I come out of this game completely impressed with the team, not impressed with Bryce Young. Not a very good game. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think he was 17-28. to 28. A uh, little bit shy of 200 yards, three tutties, and a pick. And he had some other balls that probably should have been intercept- intercepted. They did something Georgia couldn't do. They got to the quarterback, and they caused him to make some inherent throws. Yep. He looked a little bit like he did against Texas A&M or Ann Auburn, where he just felt rushed. And uh, he threw a couple balls up over the middle. One ended up getting caught by the center fielder. But he he will probably have a better game against Georgia. I honestly foresee that happening. But I walk away impressed with them as a whole. Once again, congratulations to the measuring stick in college football, Alabama Crimson Tide, yeah. going back to the natty. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, like LeBron, Georgia Bulldogs put their talents down to South Beach. Nice. Like what I did there? Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The narrative for a solid month after the SEC championship was Michigan. Um, I don't know how many analysts picked Michigan to win it all. Uh, a lot. The conversation was Aiden Hutchinson, a possible number one overall pick. Uh, this award-winning great deep or offensive line for uh, Michigan, best offensive line in the country according to the award. Um, the rushing attack, how these prolific running backs were just going to be, you know, heavy on the run, and this was going to be a one-score game come down the wire. Georgia dominated from the first drive. Um, defense was back to what we saw it being: uh, three turnovers in the game. Two interceptions by Darion Kendrick, who had a phenomenal game. The front seven absolutely bullied this great offensive line from Michigan. Michigan Michigan ended the day with less than 100 yards rushing. They only had a 19, uh, 19 yards long was the longest, and just absolutely bullied. I mean, just pure dominance on defense. Quay Walker and Kobe Dean had a great game as well. We saw Jordan Davis, Travion Walker do the same thing, just absolutely getting through. Stetson Bennett came back big time, 20 of 30, 313 yards, three touchdowns. Also, anybody looking for a quarterback, uh, Kenny McIntosh may be your guy. Phenomenal trick Best play. completion percentage in the Absolutely. Georgia Bulldog history. The, maybe Todd Gurley. Yeah. Maybe maybe they're tied. I'll have to look uh, at the stats. The spiral, though, phenomenal to Donnie Mitchell in the end zone for a trick play. But, yeah, I mean, Georgia ended the first half 27-3, to three, pumped the brakes in the second half, ran the ball. Michigan actually outscored them by one point on the second half. It was 8-7, to seven, but – I mean, overall dominance, I don't see what else we could say. I mean, Michigan, the two-quarterback system, obviously they ended with J.J. McCarthy, who is the future of this Michigan team. He's very athletic. I was very impressed by him. But, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, not really a whole lot to say there. I, I just think Georgia dominated this game in every facet. Yeah, I, I've heard the term uh, floated around that this was just Alabama-Cincinnati 2.0, and honestly, I would I would tend to agree. Yeah. I think Michigan is better than Cincinnati. I think Michigan has a much better defense than Cincinnati does. Uh, they obviously have – they are the Joe Moore award-winning uh, – Offensive line, yep. so they probably got a better offensive line than Cincinnati does. Uh, Lou Groza award-winning kicker, you know, field oh, goal yeah. kicker. Yep. I mean, they they are an extremely talented team. They are. But they ran up into a what, what would be the measuring stick of the SEC in any other era than the Nick Saban era. Yeah. I mean, Georgia, top to bottom, played an incredible football game, literally from Jump Street. First ever team to score in on their first five five drives in the playoff era. Uh, there's a mechanical engineer who's got a 3.5 GPA who wears the number 17 on Georgia's defense. His name's Nicobe Dean, and I'll go out and say it. He's the greatest linebacker in Georgia, at least the Kirby Smart era. Yeah. Uh, yes, that means I think he's better than Roquan Smith. Obviously, Roquan Smith, a fantastic football player. Mm-hmm. I just think he has he, – he's just done more. He's just – Lightning to lightning, sideline to sideline, man. He cannot be stopped. Uh, We spoke a lot about the Stetson-Bennett-JT Daniels debate. Uh, I've said for weeks I am firmly on the side of 13. Uh, If it's up to me, you'll hang 13 in the rafters one day as long as he handles his future business. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had four straight weeks of everybody hating him. He's been hated all season. You put up a great Facebook post on your personal page about that. Uh, this fan base, most of, of the Georgia fan base, has dragged his name from one end to the other, and all he's done is work hard, keep his head down, say nothing, and win. He's 9-1 and one as a starter this season, and oh yeah, that one loss is to the same team that everyone loses to, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. Absolutely. Uh, 20 of 30, fantastic. He probably completed about 40 oranges after the game as well, along yep. with his head coach. Um Jack Pod Lesney does miss a field goal, but he also has a good game. I think 42 and 37 was his yard attempts that he completed. Uh, Georgia does give up the touchdown in garbage time, like we saw, I don't know, eight different games this season. Um, With a backup cornerback. Oh, yeah. Clearly, the, it's always a good time when you can play your backups in a playoff game. Yep. Georgia's uh, offensive line and defensive line dominated this game in the trenches. Your, your quarterback played great with a great bounce-back game, and uh, I'm right there with you. You said it top to bottom, a complete dominant performance. Both Alabama and uh, Georgia played phenomenal in their playoff games. Can't wait to see what's next. Rematch Monday, January 10th. My eight days away now. A week from tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, seven days away. Yeah. So let's go with uh, two teams who we thought might have been playoff contenders. Uh Played a great bowl game, actually. Um, but yeah, it yeah. ended up being a – if you'd have told me at, at halftime, it would end up being even somewhat competitive. Yeah. Somebody uh, on this couch would have clear possession of first place <laughs> and we wouldn't have to pay anybody possibly, but doesn't want to listen to me. He's referencing Oregon, Oklahoma. I picked Oregon. Obviously a bad pick. But anyway, Oklahoma walks away with this game. No, 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 or, no, 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 no. Hold on. Okay, there's no ahead. such there's no such thing as bad picks in bowl season, brother. If you ask me, that was a fantastic <laughs> pick. Uh, but anyway, Oklahoma walks away with this game 47-32 with the interim coach, Bob Stoops. So, big yeah. game, Bob, man. Game Comes Bob. right in, smacks Oregon yep. across the mouth. Oklahoma, to me, that's the storyline. I love Oklahoma legend. I, I, I got to give him his props, though, right here. Caleb Williams, 21 and 27, 242 Played yards, three phenomenal. touchdowns. Oh, absolutely. Kennedy Brooks, absolutely a 
ball carrier on the ground. 14 carries, 142 yards, three touchdowns. Show I'm, me the tutties. Yeah, absolutely dominant Oregon in the first half uh, and did well enough to win in the second half. Oregon tried to roar back with 22 points in the third quarter, seven in the fourth, not enough. But, yeah, great game. Both these teams will have new head coaches uh, next year. Obviously, one of those head coaches is going to be competing for a natty with Georgia uh, next week. But, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you said it. To, to me, the, the reason that I picked Oregon in this – I mean, Oklahoma in this game was – well, number one, I think they're the better football team. But number two, bro, big game Bob. Yeah, big, big game, game Bob. Bob called a fantastic game. Dude, he's out there flying by the seat of his pants. He don't give a dang, man. That <laughs> dude is an absolute G. Obviously, in the post-game trophy ceremony, he takes off the visor, puts it on Coach Venerable's head. It's your team now. Yep. Best of luck to you, obviously. Brett, you know, he should be a great coach. He's a Sooner through and through. Yep. The future's bright there. Same with uh, with Oregon. Oregon, you know, Dan Lanning will sit down when he finally gets done with this whole Georgia run and review the tape of that bowl game, and he will see kids out there who got a tail kicking but kept fighting. Yeah, And he's going to love that. He's yep. going gonna, gonna to love that tape when he sits down and watches it. Oregon, honestly – Played a darn good football game to get punched in the mouth. I think it's thirty, it's either thirty or thirty-two to eleven at halftime. That's a game you don't normally come back and compete in. Yep. The final score being thirty-two forty-seven, and it was closer than that. Don't you know the final? It was closer than that in the fourth quarter. So you love to see the fight there. Dan Lanning is going to be a perfect match at Oregon. What felt like a really strange marriage between those two those two things, I think is going to end up being a great force in the Pac-12. Yep. Great football game, great atmosphere, yep. big game, Bob. What more can you ask for? Absolutely. Let's go to the battle of who's the real Carolina. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina, South Carolina playing the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. South Carolina takes it 38-21. How? Huge upset. Uh, well, Sam didn't play great. Disgusting. I like mayonnaise, but disgusting mayonnaise bath for Shane oh, Beamer. Bro, I if I won, I'd get it. Oh, Hit me with the mayo, bro. I cannot believe. But I mean, honestly, obviously, a great end to I'd Shane. I put two Beamer's pieces of bread season. on your head and call you an idiot sandwich. Yeah, but obviously, great ending to the Shane Beamer's first season at uh, South Carolina. But yeah, Sam Howell was only twelve of 20, 205 yards, one touchdown. He just did not have a great season. Not the season we thought he was going to be. We 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 said Heisman contender. I mean, I think everybody was on that boat too, but yeah. Well, when you ain't got nobody to throw it to, tough to be a yeah, Heisman quarterback. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, Kevin Harris though on the ground for South Carolina, thirty-one carries, one hundred eighty-two yards, one touchdown. Devion DeCaron Joiner and Zeb Nolan both both passed, both had a touchdown for uh, passing touchdown for South Carolina, and South Carolina handles business. Great start for Shane Beamer, and he's obviously getting a potentially great quarterback next year in uh, Spencer Rattler. It's tough to talk about these bowl games. This is the disclaimer, right? I love bowl season. I literally didn't miss a single game. I think that these kids love playing the game of football. I think they are competing. If you watch the South Carolina game, it's a perfect example of that. The quarterback that you just mentioned on the rotation, uh, he's like a converted wide receiver. He had to come mm -hmm. in and play for him. And he's literally in tears after the game because his dream was fulfilled. Yeah. If you don't think bowl season matters – just watch the last quarter and post-game interview of this game, and you will understand it's proven wrong. Yep. The caveat to that, 
is there are teams that these things don't matter to. Right. There are people who don't show up to these games in full force. They obviously don't show up to these games with all their players, with all the opt-outs. Some of them are showing up with brand-new coordinators and brand-new head coaches, literally, when they had a head coach and a coordinator three weeks prior. So there's a line you got to walk here, right? This was one of those games where I'd put all my money in the world on North Carolina winning. Yeah. South Carolina oh, yeah. had no business winning this game, but it just meant more to this SEC team. They put the SEC on the board. They obviously get the first. Uh, yep. Up until this point, the SEC had been absolutely dominated yeah. in bowl season. South Carolina does give them their first win, and what a win it was. It was, what yeah. a uh, What a season for Shane Beamer. Uh, not only does he get the Mayo bath, but they knocked him in the head with it, which I, I thought was that, hilarious. Yeah. That's just incredible there. I think that's so funny. Uh, I wonder how heavy five gallons of mayonnaise is. It's pretty dense, bro. Yeah, it had to be pretty dense. Plus the cooler and them two little kids or whoever it was who actually, lifted up actually, over Actually, here's a good question. What's heavier, five gallons of Duke's mayo or five gallons of Kraft mayo? Oh, it's got to be the same because they're both five pounds. But five I would gallons, say gallons, though. It's not five oh, pounds. Five gallons. Oh, that's it. That's actually a good question. All right, let's go. Here, we're going to take a break. We're going to run to the store. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just a great season. And then on the opposite side, man, Mac Brown with an ungood season, yeah. still with a high recruiting class. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. dude's just turning it up over there in, in, the, in the ACC. Obviously, our preseason favorite to go to the uh, the ACC championship. Yeah. Didn't quite make yep. it there. But uh, hats off to Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks with yep. just an absolute win that – you know, once, it, once again, a favorite that I picked lost, and you wouldn't believe it, but every upset that I picked yeah, didn't, didn't win. Hate to see you, it. you mentioned that. It just makes me excited to pick the 2022 preseason stuff coming Hate up in the next it. several months. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so oh, how yeah. about 0-8 Notre Dame and New Year's Six Bowls? Man, this was another one, right? So uh, we're sitting there. We're all watching this football game, Notre Dame-Oklahoma State, and they go up uh, 21 points. And my dad is sitting there. He's uh, he's in our pick'em group. Uh, he's tied for first right now, I believe. And he goes, "Dang, why didn't I do my homework on this game? I'm an idiot for that one. Like, just disappointed." And then the greatest greatest comeback in Oklahoma yep. State history under Mike yep. Gundy. Um, the I, they put up a stat. This is one of those you know Sports Center stats that they find. Notre Dame was something like 216 and zero when leading by 21 points. That's crazy. Add to program history. That's crazy. You can now add a one to that column as Oklahoma State puts together one of the greatest comebacks and in, in, in got to be the bowl season oh, yeah. era. I mean, come on now. Gets the win 37-35. Uh, Spencer Sanders, man, looked absolutely terrible in a Big 12 title game. Looked absolutely ter- terrible the week before against Oklahoma, too. Comes out now and doesn't have a great game. But doesn't turn the ball over really. Yeah. They had it did have a couple turnovers, but it wasn't on him. Uh, and just once again, man, Notre Dame postseason. Now take that with a grain of salt. Brand new head coach, a lot of opt outs on defense. Yeah, uh, a oh, full yeah. a full Notre Dame team wins this football game. I fully believe Notre Dame was still the right pick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Going into sure. it, if you picked Oklahoma State, hey, hats off to you. Uh, death taxes and bowl seasons unpredictable. Okay, you can yep. write it on on, on your tombstone. Uh, yeah, fantastic win, Mike Gundy. Fantastic season. Yeah, you know you came from one. Uh, you, you came one game shy of yep. it all. 
Crazy, one inch shy. Crazy thing. I mean, the book picture. T- roughly two minutes left in the second quarter. Notre Dame was ahead of this game, twenty-eight to seven. Roughly two minutes or three minutes left in the fourth quarter. The score was thirty-seven to twenty-eight. I mean, it's insane that thirty minutes of football went by and Notre Dame wasn't able to score anything. Spencer Sanders, like you said, 34, 51, 371 yards, four touchdowns, got another 125 yards on the ground, led the team in rushing. Put the team on his back, won in the game. I mean, if you played like that against uh, Baylor, you might have saw a college football playoff spot. It had been interesting to no see. No doubt. But Jack Cohn, I mean, give it up for him, too. Literally put Notre Dame, or Notre Dame on his back. It's just defense, and everybody else couldn't help him out. 509 yards through the year, five touchdowns. Had a real good pick. season after the yeah. transfer. Yeah. Really yeah. did. Absolutely. So, Hats off to him. Hats off to Notre Dame. Hats off to Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State comes out on top on uh on Saturday. So how about another upset we didn't we didn't get? Uh, not really an upset, but we were pretty confident in Utah. I, I would call I would call this an upset. Yeah. We were confident in Utah. Uh, Utah lot they had full control of this game early on, and, and they did. Ohio State came roaring back, wound up winning this game, forty eight to forty five. C J Stroud, man, another phenomenal game, thirty seven to forty six. 573 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Charlie Rising, or Cameron Rising, sorry. Fantastic Seven, yep. game until he got knocked yeah, out. Until he got hurt. 17-22, 214 yards, two touchdowns, had 92 yards rushing, led his team in rushing with another touchdown on the ground. So Utah led this game at halftime 35-21 to and was outscored by Ohio State 27-10 to in the second half to let the game slip away. Granted, that was with the backup or the the starting. Depending on where, what part of the season you look at, the backup or the starting quarterback. But yeah, that is true. I mean, th- this is another one of those games, man. On paper, where I'm like, Utah has everything to play for. Ohio State, they had national championship yep. implications. They got nothing to play for, and they bend the narrative once again. They yep. show you bowl games matter. Bowl games matter to them. Both of these teams left it all out there man this almost had that feeling of tennessee versus purdue where whoever gets the ball last is going to win the football game tip of the cap to the ohio state buckeyes and to the utah utes both fantastic seasons both futures are extremely bright yeah uh you got to put rising on your heisman watch list for next year as well as the man across the field in cj stroud Just just great seasons for both of them. Obviously, you don't finish where you want to. Utah dropped a couple games that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, Ohio State obviously gets a little bit closer than they did, but drops to Michigan right there in the end. And, yeah, just you can't say any more than tip of the cap. Yep. Speaking of tip of the cap, Absolutely. the night cap, Baylor, Ole Miss, yep. another guarantee, another yep. easy pick until – Matt Corral goes out. Matt Corral goes down. Didn't uh, get we, his victory lap. He did not. We don't speculate on injuries here. Looks to be a lower leg extremity, knee, broken ankle, something yep. there. You know, he did struggle with the ankle all season. But uh, you, you don't you don't risk that after you go down and come back out. He right. obviously comes back out on crutches. Yeah. Uh, extremely impressed with the Ole Miss defense here. Really bowed their backs. Didn't give up a point until late in the third quarter which yep. is extremely impressive. Uh, what would you see? Yeah, I liked it. Um, obviously, Gary Bohannon got to start this game for Baylor. I think that that maybe gives you some hope for Baylor to start this game if you didn't know he was starting. But you had to figure Matt Corral was going to be able to do great things. This turned into a real good defensive game. Um, Baylor on the ground was led by Abram Smith, 25 carries, 172 yards. Leroy Altmeyer, his name's actually Luke. I just want to say Leroy because it says L. Altmeyer in ESPN. But anyway, Luke Altmeyer, 15-28. 
174 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions. I mean, he came in the, relief. Yeah. He came in relief from Matt Corral. Um, honestly, he made some great throws, but it just it, the, the, the inexperience, I think, is what cost him ultimately. And Baylor walks away with his game 21 7. A huge, a huge win for Dave Miranda's, Dave Miranda's Baylor Bears in the season 12 and 2 after only winning two games last year. So big props to them for this. And yeah, Matt Corral. Hope you're okay. I hate that you had to go out like that, but man, what it what a career at Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I know. You know, prayers and our thoughts go out to him. Uh, he he made the statement, you know, beforehand that uh, he was one of those guys that was not going to opt out. He came here. He's going to ride with his brothers, go and go into battle one last time. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out for him. We pray for a speedy, healthy recovery, and obviously that it does not affect any of his draft status. He's kind of been projected to be one of the first couple quarterbacks, if not the first taken in the draft. Um, yeah, incredible season for Dave Aranda. Literally came up an inch short from possibly making the playoffs. Uh, uh, no, massive win there. Obviously, he's on the winning end there with Baylor. Just dropped one too many games there in the regular season to qualify after that win. Yep. But a massive bowl game win versus one of the better SEC teams in the uh, country there. Um, Lane Kiffin, still a great season. I mean, I'm going to stand by it. You probably win this game if Matt Corral doesn't go down. It was oh, yeah. kind of looking that way early on. Uh, if you don't give up the piss, the pick six, this is probably even more competitive there uh, before the half. But, yeah, future's bright for, you know, all. that's the great thing, man. All of these teams playing in these New Year's Six Bowls, the future's extremely bright. Oh, yeah. You know, yep, uh, I agree. Unfortunately, Arch Manning couldn't throw on a jersey and come to the SIP and come down there for Lane Kiffin <laughs> and try to throw the ball around yep. the yard there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, great. Ultimately, I know we got one more game left in terms of uh, LSU and Kansas State. But a great bowl season, oh, man. Really yeah. was a joy to watch. Uh, a lot of things going around college football right now about how do we fix this, what do we do, uh, opt out, should they happen, should they not. There was a great discussion on game day that yeah. sparked a lot of controversy on both sides with Kirk Herbstreit. We won't get into that. Uh, we'll kind of go quick thoughts here because we got a massive championship game to preview. My thought on opt outs, uh, is for me, it's pretty simple. If your whole life has been dedicated to football and you spend your whole life grinding for one thing and that's to make it to the NFL and you go out there and you battle the regular season with your brother's blood, sweat, tears, you literally put your body on the line you know, every single day practicing games and you want to sit out to protect your NFL future because you are going to secure a better life for your family and your children and your children's children, I'm completely okay with that. On the, opposite, on the opposite side, if you want to go out there as Matt Corral did and put your body on the line for your brothers one last time and go out swinging and trust that the Lord guy is going gonna, is gonna to take care of you, uh, take out an insurance policy on yourself, I promise you can do that, then I got great respect for that too. I'm one of those people who I don't side on one side of the fence or the other. I don't put myself in somebody else's shoes. I don't know their struggle. I don't know their thought process, and I trust their decision in that. Yep. What do you think? I like it. I agree. I mean, it's a personal preference. Uh, I think RG three had a great point that he brought up. He they asked him, you know, why why'd you play your bowl game at Baylor last year? And he said, well, Baylor hadn't won a bowl game, and I don't know how long before that, and it, it meant something to the program, so I wanted to go out there and play it. I I agree with that. I think it's personal preference. I mean, whether whether we we like it or not, not every bowl game is going to matter. I mean, I'm sorry if you play a bowl game on. December 13th or whatever it is, you know, obviously if you're not playing a college football playoff bowl game, 
it, unless it means something to the program specifically, it's not going to matter. You're always going to have teams that, that barely get left out of the playoffs, that barely get in, a, that get in a position where the bowl game doesn't help them, you know, uh, propel forward the program. So, I mean, if a player comes out and says, you know, I, I right now I think it's better for me to prepare for the NFL draft and stay healthy and provide a better life for myself, I think that's his option. I think that's something to consider. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm good with either way. Yeah, uh, uh, speaking of the bowl games, uh, the sadly, the narrative going around everything is that uh, we got to fix these bowl games, right? There's got to be something done. People don't care. People don't watch. The, the people, the kids opt out, all this and so forth. I don't necessarily agree with all those things, but I definitely think uh, – you know, you watch these games here, the, the the two playoff games, and they're both blowouts. The statistic is that 10 out of 14 of the playoff games have been decided by 17 points or more. Yep. I don't think expansion hurts in terms of blowouts because you just saw what these, these matchups on New Year's Day yeah. would have been your semifinal games. Oh, yeah. They were great football games. They were. Utah, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, uh, the, the, even the Baylor Ole Miss game. These are fantastic football games. Yeah. Okay, well, put a banner of the college football playoff semifinal underneath them, and they get even better. Oh, yeah. I think expansion is one way to fix what the national narrative is of bowl game. It's yeah. not that to me. Y'all know we freaking love this junk. I literally watched two high school teams play. If you didn't watch the Central Michigan-Washington State game, they literally took the pick away from us. They wouldn't let us watch it. But another fantastic football game where yeah. Washington State makes a comeback of 21 points. Sadly, comes up a little short, and the Chippewas get the win. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, there, there's no way to completely eliminate it, right? I mean, you're you're not going to have – what do we have now, like close to – 40-something bowl games or something like that. Yeah, we had to pick 44 games yeah. in our so Capital One Bowl pick. You're, you're not going to have 44 playoff games. It's just There's no way to completely end this. But what, one thing that I, I come to think about is, you know, they're talking about a 12-team expansion, right? Michigan and uh, Pitt played. Great game. I mean, they played a great game, but – Michigan State. Michigan Pitt. State and Pitt, yeah. But you had two Heisman front runners opt out, Kenny Pickett, and Kenneth Walker. Yep. If you expand it to 12 teams, that's a playoff game. And you – I mean, it wouldn't wind up being a playoff game because 10 and 12 wouldn't play each other. But what I'm saying is you'd get those players in that game. Like, think about how much better that game would be with those guys. Still was an so, incredible yeah, football oh yeah, game. Was, Holy crap, was. what a game. But, yeah, I, I do think expansion is necessary. I mean, not only that, like, you know, we, we hear complaints about Alabama all the time. Alabama's always in. The more – I mean, probably would still win, but the more games you have to play – the higher your chances are of losing. So, I mean, it creates more competition, I think. It creates a higher chance for different teams to get into the uh, the championship at the end of the year. And, I, I, yeah, I think expansion is a great way to, to end opt-outs, to get some more variety in the championship game and, you know, to, to just make the sport a little better. I completely agree. I'm right there with you. All right, man, it's time. It is time. I have thought about this uh, literally since the, the game ended is uh, what to say and, and how to think and how to feel when we sit down and we preview this. And we this will be the final preview and prediction yep. uh, before the Natty. This will be our final episode. We will do an episode the day after the national title game. That will be Tuesday, January the 11th. Yep. Um, I think we got to start with a disclaimer. 
because I because we do have new people who listen to this podcast every single week. You might not know anything about us, right? We are Georgia fans. Uh, I I can't I can't speak for Jordan. I'll let him tell a story. I was born into this. I've loved this for as long as I've lived. I've made sacrifices for Georgia football that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> it's Jesus and then it's Georgia Bulldog football. Like, that's 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 kind of where it is for me. If you know me, you know those are the things that, that I cherish. Obviously, my family's in there. I love my wife. She's great. She cooks good chicken nuggets. Um, when I approach this podcast, uh, one of our rules is is you have to just come with complete unbiased. And, and I will do that. I will drop everything that is uh, my – I gr- we both graduated from the University of Georgia. We're, yep. you know – I mean, I literally, you know, it, it runs in my blood. I had tears in my eyes the other night when I realized that for the second time in my lifetime, the University of Georgia will be playing for a national title game. It's all I've thought about since four zeros hit the clock. Yep. But now we got to break this game down and we got to approach it with a sense of complete unbiased. Mm-hmm. Uh. I'll let you just you just kind of give your quick thoughts on the setup here, and then we're gonna just we're gonna get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we're gonna kind of go back and forth. We're gonna break it down by by the numbers, by different parts of the game, what matters the most. Um, we're gonna be as unbiased as possible, and at the end of all that, we're gonna give our final thoughts and just just pick them. So why, why don't we start here? Uh, so Alabama to Georgia defensively, what what do you think? Who, who do you think has the edge? Uh, what do you think? You know, either one needs to do to be better. Like, what's your opinion? So, as we run down these, you know, defense, offense, we're, we're, we're going to do it all. I think this is one of the clear ones where everyone would lean Georgia. Georgia clearly has the better defense. Now, did the defense show up against them the first time? They didn't. They were literally non-existent. They didn't do anything. They didn't have an impact on the game. That was an anomaly for this year for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Alabama played their best offensive game. They even had a really good defensive game that we saw. And Georgia had their worst defensive game by far. I have to give the edge to Georgia. Uh, everything that they did, the schemes, the mistakes that they made, I think the 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 difference, a massive difference, obviously there are plenty of differences between the SEC title game and the national championship game, is going to be, uh, is going to be Christopher Smith. Yeah. Christopher, Smith, Christopher Smith, we were lucky he even played in the SEC title game. He's the guy in that star position, and obviously Bama will beat Georgia if they do. They'll beat them deep. Yeah. I mean, we saw Michigan have a lot of success on uh, on deep throws. You know, that was the one place they did find success against Georgia. I got to go edge to Georgia there. Yeah, yeah, uh, same. Obviously, the weak point of there is the secondary. Um, All throughout the year, really and truly, there was – the secondary was able to be covered, right? Front seven, I think Georgia has the best front seven in the country, hands down. I think Georgia's front seven is better than Alabama's. I think Georgia's front seven is deeper than Alabama's. Uh, I think the only caveat to that is I think Alabama may have the best front seven player on their side with Will Anderson Jr. But other than that, I, I think the linebackers and the defensive line at Georgia are deeper and better. And I think if they are able to rush and blitz as they have in other games this year besides the SEC Championship against Alabama, I think that benefits Georgia well. Um, but we have seen what happens when the secondary has to fend for itself. So I think that's a big part of this game. But I do give the edge to Georgia on defense. You know, one thing I thought was kind of funny, I saw a lot of Alabama fans after the – after. Here's, here's what I think – 
I, I think a big part, I don't think anybody would disagree. I've literally spoken with multiple Alabama fans who are diehard Alabama fans, and they have admitted to me that, yes, there was only one desperate team in that SC championship game. Yep. There's only one team that had to win. Did Georgia play a little unmotivated? It looked like it to me. I wasn't in the locker room. I can't confirm that. But let's just let's just call this. I think this is funny to me. Bama fans are now very much highlighting the dominance that Georgia had over Aiden Hutchinson because Will Anderson got snubbed. Yeah. What did Will Anderson do against the Georgia Bulldogs playing unmotivated? He uh, had the one sack in the fourth quarter when the right. game was already over. Yeah. I mean, he Georgia handled him too. So yeah. you're running up against the one of the greatest historic defenses in college football with 6.9 points per game, so lowest point, lowest yards per average, stuff like that. I just thought that was funny. Defensive edge to Georgia, offensive edge. I'll let you start us off okay. here. Obviously, an incredible prolific quarterback yep. going up against a at one point two two star fifth string walk on transfer quarterback with Mister Stetson Bennett yep. the fourth. Who you giving the edge to? This one's interesting to me. I, I think there there's pieces of this conversation that you can switch back and forth on. I think Georgia. I agree. I, I don't think it's as clear cut yeah. as you might think, um, but. I think Georgia's better with the tight ends. I think Georgia's better with the offensive line. Now, with the way Alabama's O-line's been playing the last two games, I think that conversation gets closer. Uh, Brian Robinson, Jr., I'm not sure if he's better or not. Then I'll say Zamir is Georgia's best running back. I think Georgia's deeper at running back. Um, I think Jameson Williams is the best wide receiver that's going to be on this field. I think maybe if George Pickens is fully healthy, that conversation gets a little more closer. But, again, I think, I think Alabama has the best wide receiver. I think Georgia may be a little deeper with Mechie being out at wide receiver, but I'm not sure about it completely. But I think this game comes down to quarterback as far as the edge goes. I think Bryce Young is clearly better than Stetson Bennett. I'm all, I'm all on the Stet train. I'm on board with Stetson Bennett. I think he's the starter. But I think Bryce Young, I don't think, I know Bryce Young is obviously better and has a higher ceiling than Stetson Bennett. So because of that, and because of the offensive line for Alabama playing better in the last few weeks, I'm going to give the edge to Alabama's offense here. Yeah, I think you definitely see a difference in uh, in scheme for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs as they approach this game. They really got away from the run game in the first matchup. And I think you saw them get back to that in the Michigan game. They ran a lot more than they did against Alabama. And I think you'll see that go the way of, of, of how they want to play this game, how they want to approach it. Um, I think their offensive line is better than Alabama's offensive line, but I think the quarterback play uh, is much better. Obviously, Bryce Young is the best quarterback, best player in college football, I feel. Definitely deserving of the Heisman Trophy in every uh, in every conversation that I've had. I've said that. So I definitely give the offensive edge to Alabama. It does get a little more interesting. In the Auburn game, you took away Jamison. Mechie had to be that guy. And they struggled. Uh, now Mechie's gone. You clearly have the better one in Jamison still out there. I think we saw Slay Bolden step up in uh, oh, yeah. in the Cincinnati game. Uh, if you're Georgia, obviously you double. It's the same thing for Cincinnati. Uh, Georgia's front seven should be able to handle Richardson. We definitely saw that in the first game, even though he's now healthy, which I'm glad to see. Yeah. I don't want injuries to affect the football game. Obviously, Georgia's secondary is completely beat up. Um, but... You, you got a healthy uh, Richardson back there now, which I'm excited to see him go against Georgia's front seven. 
But you got to lean to me with Bryce Young and how he shredded the defense of the Georgia Bulldogs in scrambling, uh, in buying time, and obviously with his legs, he, he did have a rushing touchdown in that first game. I got to go clear edge to the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, I like it. So, next one I think is a huge one here is coaching. Um, obviously, Nick Saban's. I think probably the great is definitely the greatest college football coach of all time, if not the greatest sports coach of all I'll time. I'll say it for me. I mean, this is an opinion thing. You can't measure it. I mean, statistics, numbers, you can definitely strengthen your conversation one way or the other. Kind of bars there. Nick Saban is the greatest football coach of all time, in yep. my opinion. I so like there it, it is. I'll, yeah. I don't mind saying that I would, at all. I would, I would agree with you. But college football by far, but I would say yeah. best head coach of all time. Yeah. Honestly, I'll take this one off the rip. I, I love Kirby Smart. I think Kirby Smart is. He's definitely the best coach at the University of Georgia I have personally seen. Um, obviously, the only two I've ever actually really seen is Mark Rick and him. But You weren't alive in 81? No, I was not alive with Vince Dillier. But, yeah, I, I love Kirby. I think he's a great recruiter, great coach. But until he beats Nick Saban and beats him multiple times, Nick Saban is still the better coach in this game easily. Uh, Nick Saban's dominated Georgia. Nick Saban's dominated Kirby. Nick Saban's dominated his assistants. I mean, he's only lost to one Jimbo in this past year. Um, Last second field goal. Yep, he has been in six of seven national championships now since the college football playoff era started, or seven of eight. I think it's seven of eight. Actually. I think it's seven of eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, the coaching edge right now to me is not even close. It's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. Yeah, this is tenth appearance in a in a championship game, BCS or playoff. Otherwise, uh, I, I would say that uh, uh, I think even Alabama fans agree. I think our coordinators are better. Uh, I, I think, think Todd Mockin's yeah, definitely better. I think than, Todd Mockin uh, and Dan Lanning. Yeah. I think that if you, you know, we've seen the narrative. If you if you look at any social media, they want to fire every coach after they even struggle in a struggle win. So yeah. I mean, I definitely think the edge of coordinators would go to Georgia. I mean, yes, would go to Georgia. But yeah, uh, as of right now, I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Alabama is the monster that hides under Georgia's bed. Nick Saban is the monster that hides under Kirby Smart's bed. Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs have to call the the Alabama Crimson Tide dad yeah. until <laughs> until proven otherwise. Um, so yes, I think the coaching the coaching battle here is uh, is firmly on the side of the greatest head football coach of all time with the experience that he brings yep. to this program now Absolutely. playing in his 10th national title game. Now, the fourth and final thing I want to look at, and and this might be the most important. We're going to call this the mental or the psychological edge going into this football game. Yep. So when the, when, uh, when the University of Georgia and the University of Alabama played four weeks ago in the SEC title game, the mental edge in this football game was so strong for the Alabama Crimson Tide, it should have scared people. This is the reason that I did not think Georgia was going to win this football game. You mean rat poison. Yeah, turns out to be right. Yes, it was so strong that Nick Saban in his post-game press conference thanked everybody for it inspiring their team. Yeah. Okay? It was incredible. Uh, first time in what was it like 96 games they were the underdog yep. everybody's talking about the University of Georgia being world beaters historic defense stats rolling all this stuff and for some reason forgot that Nick Saban is the greatest head coach of all time and everything we've just mentioned right yeah and they blow out Georgia and you could tell on the field one of those teams was desperate hungry playing inspired and then one team just it felt like they didn't get off the bus yeah could that have been talent? We'll find out in, in eight days. This time, 
it clearly lies with Georgia. Georgia is the underdog again. We're now talking about them being 0-7 in their last seven. We're talking about the, the Kirby Smart debate, not being able to beat Nick Saban. I think it was Will Anderson, but he came out earlier this week before mm-hmm. the Cincinnati game, and he said, the way we see it, we're still underdogs. We'll always <laughs> yeah. be. No. Let me let me just let me just tell you, Will Anderson, you're not going to listen to this podcast, but if you do, listen to me. You can't be an underdog and have an underdog mentality when your starting running back says in his post-game MVP award acceptance speech that you're going to weep, repeat and win the Natty for a second time in a row when you don't even know what the opponent is. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're not underdogs at that point. You're the favorite. Point spread set aside the Alabama Crimson Tide is a dynasty. It is the dynasty, the measuring stick of college football with the greatest head football coach of all time. You just won the game 41 to what was it, 41 24? Yeah. 41 24. You just dominated this football team. Everybody should expect you to turn around and do it again. Yeah. The mental edge goes fully to the University of Georgia. Yeah. I, I think the one caveat to that is. Overall, like in the in the experience of this game, Alabama has been dominant, and Georgia has not shown they can beat Alabama yet. I think that mental block could come into play here, but in terms of just this game, Georgia wasn't even picked to win the Michigan game by a lot of people. Michigan was Michigan was picked to win the national championship, and every single I think I looked at thirty score predictions between all the major affiliates. The biggest spread I saw, I think, might have been like 27-13. Yeah. Nobody yeah. had Georgia blowing Michigan yeah. out. No, not at all. And, I mean, the people who picked Georgia to win was a touchdown, mainly. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. If you picked Georgia, Overall. you had it close. So, Georgia's been the underdog since before the, the semifinal game, and they just blew out Michigan. And now, like you said, point spread – you know, in mind, Georgia's a three-point favorite, but nobody's going to pick Georgia to win this game. No, you shouldn't. N- yeah. Nobody. So, and I mean, yeah, I mean, Georgia has all they need going in this game to say we're underdogs, let's play like it, and come out and play well. Will they do it? I don't know. We'll find out in eight days, but I do give the middle edge to Georgia. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And uh, and now, bro, we got to pick it. <laughs> now we got to pick it. And we just said you, you nobody should pick the University of Georgia. You want uh, uh, you want to go first? I'll let you go first. All right. I will gladly go first. So, I think the only thing uh in terms of mental edge that Alab- that that Georgia can claim that would be a reason to pick Georgia uh last night on Sports Center they ran the stat in the in the BCS to playoff bowl era. There's been five rematches. Uh, two in the championship game, one being with uh, 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 Alabama LSU, so Nick Saban actually won one of these in the rematch, is the person who won the first one is 0-5 in the in the rematch. Yeah. That would mean Georgia wins. Yeah. I can't put into words how much I love the University of Georgia Bulldog football team. I, 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 I love it more than I should. I fully believe that. It's like a personal problem for me. I, I can openly admit that. Um, I have full belief that the University of Georgia can win this football game. I will be hoping like crazy that they do. I will have on my lucky Georgia uh, pants already in the locker ready to go, 
in my signed David Pollock lucky jersey. I will be wearing it all, bro. I will hope more than hope that the University of Georgia finally exercises the demon in the closet that eats the monster under the bed and starts what should be a dynasty for one Kirby Smart. Yeah. But I would be stupid to pick Georgia to win this football game. They are 0-7 against this team in the last seven meetings. Yep. Kirby Smart has shown that he cannot beat Nick Saban. He even having as big a lead as 14 points. Can't get it done. Yep. Can't finish. Uh, we have seen Stetson Bennett now play this team twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really the only time he struggled. Where the lights get too bright and he makes mistakes. 13, I'm riding with you, brother. I love you. I thank you for everything you have done for this program, and I hope you cement your legacy as a Georgia Bulldog. I will be the. I think I'm the only and first one with hashtag retire thirteen, brother. If you get it done, but I think Alabama wins. I think it's a defensive battle. I think Alabama gets it done. I would go Alabama twenty-seven, Georgia twenty-one for Alabama to become your repeat 2021-2022. College football, Dr. Pepper playoff, national <laughs> champions. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so, before the SEC championship game, my, my response to anybody who asked me what I thought about the game is, on paper, I think Georgia wins the game. I think Georgia wins it handily. Oh, if I fully look, believe Georgia's the better team. Yeah, but if, that other team wears right. crimson, and they can't beat that if team. You, if you look at the, the resumes the regular season, Georgia played phenomenally better than Alabama. It's not even close. Um, but there's no saying that says, if it bleeds, you can kill it. And in recent memory, there's only one team that has really made this team, this Alabama team, bleed, and that's Texas A&M and Adam in Georgia. So until I see Georgia make this team bleed, I don't believe they can kill it. Uh, that being said, I, as much as I hate it, am picking the University of Alabama to repeat the national championship game. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit closer than you. I'm going to go 20. Dang, I was low-key hoping you would pick them and give us some hope. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to pick Alabama 28-24. I, I think it's another phenomenal game. Uh, everyone who's saying they're not watching this game because it's going to be awful. Ball you lied to yourself, you're lying bro. Yourself. It's going to be a freaking um, great football. Yeah, or it should be a great football le- game. Less than a score, less than a touchdown, I think. I think Alabama 28 to 24. But You might even see OT again. You could. You could. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Alabama as much as I hate it. If it goes into OT, would you change your pick? Do you favor one team or the other? I'm, and I know, you, I, mean, I know that's a tough call to make without seeing the game. Yeah, the ebbs and flows. Yeah. But let's just say it's 28 all going into OT. Would you take that right now? I you mean, always say the better I, team. I know. I always say it. Yes, I would change my pick if it went over. I would go Georgia in overtime because I think they are the better team. But again, until I see them get over the mental block that is Alabama, I cannot any any longer pick Georgia. Now, if everyone on Alabama's team had COVID minus eleven players, that might be different. I'm uh, not hoping that at all. I'm just here, saying. here and, and and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Here is hoping that both teams are extremely oh, healthy. Yes. Even injured players, obviously John Mechie the third, stuff like that, was not going to be playing in this football game. But nobody gets hurt in practice leading yep. up to it. I know you only got about a week left here. It's literally eight it'll be eight days when y'all are listening to this podcast. That everybody's healthy, everything goes well. Yep. And we just have a great football yeah. game. I yeah. hope this is just a repeat yeah. of 2017, you know, where we have a fantastic – represent the the art that is the greatest sport of yeah. all time, college football. Yeah. And we have a great finale to this season. I don't – I, I also want to say this, too. This has been 
the greatest foot, college football season oh, in yeah, the modern it's been era. Wonderful. I don't want an asterisk for either team. I want whatever team that wins to proudly say I beat Team X at their best. I'm right there with you. I pray that there's no blown referee calls. Oh, my gosh. Because the referee calling in this playoff in the uh, in the whole bowl season has been terrible. It has been. I mean, uh, which, hey, we feel like there should be an asterisk on Alabama's because Tyler Simmons was on sides, and, <laughs> and, and they don't acknowledge very, that either. Yeah, so, if something happens true. the other way, it, it is what it is. But yep. I pray for just a great, healthy, clean football game between both teams. Yep. And, uh, and we will be here on Tuesday to talk about the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we might be extremely sad, or it might be literally it, – it, it will be – what would it mean to you for that? Can you put – can you can you process that thought? For a national championship? No, for, for you to get some ice cream later. Okay, yes, to win yeah. a national championship. I, I can't – I don't know if you can put that in words. I, I'll tell you on Tuesday if it comes to fruition, but as of right now, I don't yeah. even – I don't know the – I don't know the feeling, so I can't last, put it Last words. night I rolled over. Last year for Father's Day, when we cleaned out my Granny Joe's house – we found a photo of me, my brother, and my dad at our first Georgia football game. I might be nine years old. We're all sitting there. Man, my dad looks incredible. The dude's like 37 and <laughs> strong as an ox, right? And I gave it – I blew it up, gave it to him for Father's Day. And uh, and I rolled over last night at 3 in the morning, and I woke my wife up, and I said, will it, will it hurt your feelings if I hug my dad before I hug you if we win? And she said, no. I won't. I want to experience that so bad. Yeah. I want to know what that feels like. And I feel like we will uh, under Kirby Smart, even yeah. if it's not this year. Uh, you, you know, you ran it down yesterday or in the or during the game that, you know, Nick Saban won his first title at, what, 55? At Alabama. At, at Alabama yeah. at 55. Well, he won the year before at LSU, so 54. And then he was uh, uh, Kirby Smart's, what, 46? 46. Just turned 46. Yeah, just turned 46 on the same day as Jim Harbaugh, by yeah. the way. Yeah, So. The future's definitely bright for the University of Georgia. But uh but yeah, I I I, I wanna feel that so bad. I wanna know what that feels like. Maybe we will. We'll Maybe see what we happens. Will. Maybe we will. Uh but hey, playing in your second natty in five years, you've now won three major bowls, two playoff games, yep. you've dominated every rival in your era. The University of Georgia has had a great year. Yeah. So has the University of Alabama, even like I said it on your worst year. In probably the the Nick Saban era after he won his first national title, and you lost one game yep. on a last second field goal, and you're in the natty once again. Oh yeah, absolute dominance. You tip yep. of the cap. I do. I don't want to. I don't want to escape the fact that Michigan and Cincinnati also had an incredible season. They did. Yep. I mean, hats off to to both of those teams. They both deserve the spot. Both futures are bright, especially yep. Cincinnati now coming into uh into the Big 12 here in the future years yep. and then Michigan finally exercising their the demon, demon that yep. lives un- that lives under their bed and that being Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. But hey, uh we're going to show up, bro. We're going to yep. show up to Donaldsonville. Yep. Uh, I'll be probably leave work a little bit early. I do I do want to do this. I don't know and I texted you about it. I want to record us showing up in full <laughs> suit and tie, airpod in walking in like it's free, like we're the players bro i take this so seriously this just feels so much different than 2017 we were students in 2017 yeah and it's almost like you just didn't want to talk about it it's the first time in 40 years that you're playing in the, or since 1980 that you're playing yeah. in the title and you're you know this just feels different it feels more special yeah. and uh, and i can't wait to see how it plays out yeah. win lose or draw it's a pleasure to be here 
Best of luck to the both Georgia Bulldogs, Alabama Crimson Tide. I cannot wait. Jordan, any final thoughts? Or where can the people find you? Go dogs. God bless. Go dogs. Where can the people find you? Instagram, Twitter, Harris underscore six. You know the Bash Brothers podcast, uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. And yeah, on the couch Monday night, seeing where this thing goes. Sitting in the same goddamn spot you were sitting in last time. Uh, you can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram and Facebook and at Connor Chandler on Twitter. You can find us at B Brothers Pod. That's B Brothers, capital P-O-D, on Twitter. You can find this Bash Brothers podcast wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure Granny Joe's watching in heaven. I'm sure all, all of our, you know, they talked about it on uh, when the Braves won. Yeah. That you could remember sitting with your meemaw and pawpaw watching the Braves. TBS. And you can. But for me, I, I sat in my granny's lap and watched the Georgia games my whole life. Uh, I can't wait, man. This will be special. Yep. I think. Win, lose, or draw. It's a pleasure to be here. Yep. All right. Y'all know what to do. Enjoy this game. Eat some great food Monday night. Uh, write in your doctor's excuse on Tuesday. Stay up late. Enjoy it. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, as always, before the national title game, we are the Bash Brothers. Signing off. Yerp. <laughs>